This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. I'm pumped because today's guest is Jeff Friday. And today is a first. We have never had a strength and conditioning coach on this show, but today, Jeff Friday represents, he has over 21 years of NFL experience working as a strength and conditioning coach and working with elite athletes, spent time with the Vikings, Bengals, Ravens, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens back in 2000, and I did not tell him this during the interview. But that Ravens Super Bowl, when they beat the New York Giants, was the worst Super Bowl uh, of my, at least of my childhood. A few years ago, the Denver-Seattle game was worse. Uh, but, but growing up, man, that was the worst game. So good for the Ravens. But I remember being at a buddy's house, and this was like in middle school, and we went out and played basketball during halftime, and I'm not sure we ever went back in. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we watched the second half of that Super Bowl. But uh but anyway, uh Jeff was a part of that uh on the the strength and conditioning side of things and he joins us today to talk about his story and his faith journey, his his time in the NFL, but also to talk about his book Built for Winning. And I think you're going to love the concept of this book, the encouragement that he gives us today and and then what we can learn from the book moving forward. Uh, basically, he focuses on four building blocks of performance, uh, which he considers to be physical, mental, social, and spiritual. So uh, so pretty cool. And uh, we'll jump in in just a moment. Uh, what's cool, though, so he spent time in, in Minnesota and Baltimore and was around 11 Hall of Famers. Listen to this name of players that he worked with. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Deion Sanders, Shannon Sharp, Rod Woodson, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, John Randall, Randall McDaniel, Warren Moon, Jonathan Ogden. I mean, legends, legends. So those are those are some cool guys uh, for sure. Big Rod Woodson fan. He's been a guest on this show. Uh, I always loved Deion Sanders. I know, I know. As a kid, I liked to wear the the bandana. It was fun. I, I <laughs> do the high step, the Deion Sanders high step. That was fun in the in the neighborhood. That was great. Always loved that. Um, God has humbled me over the years, so I can't I can't uh, do the high step as much anymore. Eh, sometimes if I you know, if I score a touchdown and I'm playing you know football with my three year old, I might do a high step, right? I got to keep it keep it going. But uh, but anyway, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to Jeff in a moment. I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. Uh, we are brought to you by MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. They are a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And so I'm a member, and and members of MediShare save up to 50% or more per month on their health care costs. And so they say that the typical family saves up to $500 per month. And, of course, you got to figure out, you got to get, you know, go on there and, and uh, you know, investigate for yourself and figure out for your family and everything, obviously, is, is custom to, to your situation. Uh, but it takes two minutes just to see how much you can save. So go to metashare.com slash unpacking it. And really, you know, it's the best alternative to health insurance. It allows Christians to share one another's medical bills. And it's the nation's largest healthcare sharing community. So I love being a part of it. 
Uh, I love endorsing MetaShare and encouraging you to check it out. So you can become a member at any time. So it's never too late. And go check out uh, how much money you and your family can save every month on your healthcare costs. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. Well, here we go. It's Jeff Friday joining us on the MetaShare guest line. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us today on the MetaShare guest line is Jeff Friday. He is a Super Bowl champion, strength and conditioning coach, speaker, entrepreneur, and author of the book Built for Winning, which is about crossing the thin line between good and great in sports, business, and life. He focuses on the four building blocks of performance, which he considers to be physical, mental, social, and spiritual. He has over 21 years of NFL experience working with elite athletes on the Vikings and Bengals, as well as nine seasons with the Ravens, including winning the Super Bowl. Check out Built for Built the Number Four Winning.com. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. A- absolutely. Well, we're we're excited to talk all about the, the book, but but I'm always you know fascinated by different roles on the football team that maybe we don't talk about as much. We're not we don't think about maybe the, some of the behind the scenes roles. And so for for you, how did you and why did you decide to pursue a career as a strength and conditioning coach? So when I was younger, uh, when I was in college, I realized that I had a passion for fitness and I had a passion for sport. And so there was a burgeoning profession, a whole new profession called the strength and conditioning coach. And so this was back in the late 1980s. And so I, once I realized that was a way to make a living, I was a physical education major. As an undergrad, I decided to go ahead and volunteer and get as many experiences as I could uh, in the weight room. And so for me, that led to a graduate assistant position, uh, a GA position uh, for grad school. And so uh, what I did as an undergrad, I sent 100 letters to uh, uh, different colleges across the United States, one letter to the academic department, because I didn't have great grades, <laughs> one letter to the actual sports department to find out about this opportunity. And from that, I got three scholarship offers. And this is before the internet now. This is this is actually handwritten letters. Wow. And so I went to grad school, got my master's degree. Um, and it was really interesting because my first paid job was at Northwestern University, a Big Ten school. And uh, I was hired basically as a men's and women's basketball strength coach. But while I was an undergrad at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, I volunteered as a NAI women's basketball coach. And so I'm in this interview with Bill Foster, head basketball coach at Northwestern University, all of a sudden, he starts asking me about this experience coaching women's basketball. And this is way before Title IX now. Uh, women's basketball was not a, what it is today. And I was, I was sitting there thinking, man, why is he asking me about this? And so it just turned out that the head coach at the college I volunteered at for the women's basketball team, Bill Foster, the head basketball coach at Northwestern, had a mutual friend by the name of Rick Majerus. Rick Majerus was kind yeah. of – Iconic figure, if you look at it, in college basketball, really well networked. And so that phone call by Rick Majerus, because of my relationship at that women's college, that was the separator for me and 125 applicants. And that that's what separated me from getting, getting the job. And so I, I tell the young people coming up, I said, mm. You know, you have to put yourself in position mm. uh, and, and, and just do a good job no matter where you're at. And it's going to bear fruit. Now, it may not bear fruit in a job promotion or, or something else. It did for me. But as long as you do the best job you can, it's going to bear fruit. And, and so for me, that, that bore fruit in actually becoming a, a paid strength coach back in 1992 at Northwestern University working with, with primarily men's and women's basketball. 
Oh, that that's incredible. So we'll, we'll get to, to then the, the NFL side of it too. But, but I think just even the other part of that story too, the willingness to volunteer and, and, you know, oftentimes when we're starting out or we're taking even the, the next step in our, our career, sometimes it means the pay cut. Sometimes it means doing stuff for free. Uh, I know I, I interned a bunch in, in college and, and was willing to do things for free. And, and that set me up well. So that was a good, that's a good reminder of, of that as well, Jeff. Uh, but all right. So you end up in the NFL, which I'm curious to hear about that. But I also think for sports fans that, that are listening to the show today, they hear strength and conditioning coach. Well, what does that really mean? Day in, day out. What is that? How important is that role? And what is that role inside an NFL locker room? So as a strength and conditioning coach, your role is really the health and well-being of the player from a physical standpoint. And so to be honest with you, in the National Football League, it's more of an in-season job. And the most important time to be strong is during the season. When I came in the National Football League, the offseason was a 16-week program. And players, they get paid to train in the offseason. So it's a job for them. But now with the new rules, uh, the new collective bargaining agreement, which was back in 2010, I think, that offseason is windows cut down to nine weeks where you're actually supposed to be in the facility with the strength coach, with the football coaches. And so uh, our job is really dealing with every player on the roster. And we're talking up to 90 players during training camp and maybe even parts of the off season to then the full roster of 50 plus, you know, 60 guys if you count practice squad. And so the strength and conditioning coach is the one position that really works with all the players. Special teams coach does to an extent, but we have to really develop those relationships with each player uh, for their, to help them with their, their physical well-being. because I think it's pretty well documented that the more players that you lose to injury that are, are starting players, uh, the less chance you'll have for success. And so I feel a strength and conditioning coach does have a role in really trying to keep your players healthy as well as improve their individual performance. No, it's, it's awesome. And, and, and so, uh, yeah, maybe underrated how, how important that is. And, and I, I don't know how you quantify this, but how different is it? Cause we know that there are certain teams that, that struggle with more injuries. So how much can we then point to, ah, they don't have a great strength and conditioning program. Is that, is that something that we as fans can kind of evaluate or say, Oh, that, that's where we got to point to. Well, it's, it is very, very hard to evaluate probably more subjective and objective yeah. because the reality is that it's a team approach. Uh, the head coach dictates the practice schedule and has control over the schedule. And so when I came in the national football league, I worked with a head coach by the name of Dennis Green with the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. And Dennis Green was a – basically came from the Bill Walsh, which was the San Francisco 49ers system. He coached with them at the 49ers and at Stanford University. And Bill Walsh was a guy who really researched the game and uh, kind of found out that uh, the players are the most uh, injured towards the end of training camp because – Back then, they were having two-a-day practices in training camp, and you're pounding on each other. And so Bill Walsh really had a system where you would practice hard in the morning, and the afternoon would be what's called a shorts practice, where it's more of running but less contact. Um, and so they kind of developed that system where player health was really, really important to to the coach and having those players available and so I came in that system of with with Denny Green and then Brian mm -hmm. Billick who is also part of that that yeah. tree uh, and then the rules kind of change where now the rules are dictated about the amount of contact that you can have and so so it is really hard to measure that as far as uh, success with injuries. But I would say that if you have a long history of a high injury rate, and they do track those, if you have a long history of that, then I would say that it definitely needs to be evaluated what you're doing with the head coach, uh, with, with the strength and conditioning and with other, with other areas 
to make sure that players are recovered and at a performing at a high level. Makes sense. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned Dennis Green, and so that was your in to the NFL. How, how did that door open up for you? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I was hired at Northwestern University, and uh, you were talking about volunteering, and I remember my my first contract was $20,000, I think, back in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I asked our our basketball coach, Bill Foster, I said, Coach, would you mind if I travel with the basketball team? Now, again, this is a young profession. So I was hired. I was the I was the second paid strength coach at Northwestern University, or the first assistant there. Nowadays, there's there's you know five strength coaches just for football, and there's maybe ten or so in the whole athletic department. So I asked Coach Foster, Coach, would you mind if I just travel with the team just to be a part of it and help the guys? And he said, Sure. And so whatever city we try to go to, I'd always try to meet a strength coach in that city just to learn and take information for for our players. And so we're playing the Minnesota Golden Gophers in Minneapolis. And I called the strength coach up for the Vikings and said, Hey, would you mind if, if I would visit with you? So I was able to get a ride to the complex, which was in the suburbs. I spent an hour meeting with him. And I said, Hey, would you mind if I came during training camp to watch you guys practice? Because the drive from Chicago to Minneapolis was about five hours. He said, sure. So I go up there. I go to Mankato State University. That's that's where the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings had training camp. And so the way the lifting session was was structured was that Coach Dennis Green had a morning practice with pads, really physical practice. And then he would give up the afternoon just to have a special teams practice where not every player participated, but there was a four hour window where the whole team would lift. So it was a form of a form of recovery and a form of keeping, keeping your strength. And so two players would come every five minutes. And so uh, they started this at like 1230 and the last player I think came in at uh, 330 or four o'clock. So the half, the workout itself was maybe 30 minutes, but because of that system, you needed a strength coach at every, basically every other uh, exercise or machine. And so I go there with my cup of coffee and I'm sitting down and ready to watch this, this great workout. And all of a sudden, uh, the head strength coach says, hey, my part-time help didn't show up today. Can you help? Oh. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I got I got thrust into the workout of coaching. And so the Love system it. was set up where the young guys would come early right after lunch because they're going to participate in special teams practice. Well, the veterans guy, veteran guys, they could take a nap and rest and sleep. They came later on because with the later lift time, that, that melded into dinner and then into the meetings. And so it was great for a veteran. So back then the weight room was a tent. Teams in the National Football League, they would go to a college, construct a, an outdoor tent and bring their weight equipment with them. And that was the that was the weight room. And so the tent was always usually next to the practice field. So the last player to walk in was Chris Carter, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Oh, and yeah. so because he was the last player to walk in, I spent the most time with him because he was he was last guy. And so I'm just doing my I'm just doing my thing. And so he's walking out of the tent, the weight room, and he yells to the head strength coach. His name was Steve Wetzel. He goes, Hey Wetzel, you gotta hire that guy. So two wow. years later, two years later, I got a call from Steve Wetzel, the head strength coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and he offered me the job as the assistant strength coach. And so I accepted that job and I was very fortunate because the Minnesota Vikings under Dennis Green were very successful. Uh, They were in the playoffs, I think every year of his tenure, except for the previous year that I got there. And also I was the third assistant, assistant strength coach in Dennis Green's tenure both strength coaches before me ended up becoming head strength coaches. So there was a lot of credibility already built up by the time I got there about that position. And so uh, that's, that's how I got there. And, uh, you know, I was there for three years, 1996, 1997, 1998. So 1998, we draft a rookie by the name of Randy Moss. So Randy Moss, he's a hall of fame wide receiver. Okay. Randy Moss is on one side. You have a Hall of Famer, Chris Carter, on the other side. 
You have a running back by the name of Robert Smith, who played collegially at Ohio State. He ran track. That guy could score from anywhere on the field, just like Randy Moss. And then the quarterback who played the most that year was Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was a backup. Our starter, Brad Johnson, got hurt. And Randall Cunningham had a cannon of an arm. We had three first-round picks in the offensive line. We set a points record, the most points scored in the history of the National Football League. And so we went 15. I love that team. I remember that team. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, man, that that team was – they still talk about that team today. And so we go 15-1. and And we're playing in the NFC championship game and we're playing the 14 and two Atlanta Falcons. And that's a good team now, 14, two. That's good. And so uh, we end up uh, losing that game in overtime and uh, Fox sports, I think said it, it's the third most exciting game in an NFC championship game in the history of the National Football League. And I remember after that game, it was devastating because we had the game won. It was devastating. And um, I remember after that game, I'm just an assistant strength coach, you know, but I remember I was probably one of the last people to leave the sideline, just just mm-hmm. really just devastated. Um, and so uh, it's kind of it's, it's a it's a funny story, though. It's interesting because here's here's an example of pride. So we have a seven-point lead in the in the middle of the fourth quarter. And so we have the ball. And we start at our own 20-yard line. And it is a championship ceiling drive. First down. First down. The clock's ticking down. First, and you know what it looks like as a fan. You know. So you make a field goal. You're up 10. Game's done. We're talking middle, late fourth quarter. So I go to the equipment guy. I said, hey, hey, his name is Dennis Ryan. Hey, Dennis, can you get me a game ball? Because Ooh. the game ball in that game said NFC Championship, Minnesota Vikings versus Atlanta Falcons. Man, that'd be, that, I, I want that ball. So I said, hey, can you get that ball? Because I knew we were going to win. So we're up by seven, marching down in field goal range. Our kicker, unfortunately, missed the field goal. Is that Gary Anderson? Gary Anderson. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons tie it. We lose in overtime. And sure enough, that week, Dennis Dennis Ryan, the equipment manager, who great guy, he gives me the, the game ball. Oh. I felt like, oh, my God, I felt like such, such an it. But that's, that's pride. That is not, wow. not playing to the whistle. Man. That is not respecting the other team. I learned a lesson. Man, it's when when pro sports, especially, it's not over till it's over. So I got that. I got it. I got it on my shelf over here. It's deflated. It's stuff. It's a, all my other footballs are in case. That one's deflated as a as a as a you know a memory of just. Oh know, gosh. Well, Tom Brady might want to use that one, but uh, but uh, no. That, that, well, I appreciate you sharing that story. It's a tough story on the Vikings' end, but man, that that team was special, and that was. That was right about the time I started watching football. So I, I do remember that. So that Atlanta team must have then gone on to the Super Bowl and lost to Denver. Is that's that cool. the right? That's the right time frame. Okay. That was yeah. John Elway's Super Bowl win. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, wow. Well, that, so then, then you end up in, in Baltimore. Brian Billick gets the head coaching job. Then eventually Marvin Lewis, who was on that staff with Brian Billick, he gets the head coaching job in Cincinnati, had a wonderful career coaching there, and you, you were there. Uh, with him there as well, just to give our, our audience uh, kind of a, a understanding of your your career. But but I do want to get into your your book. So y- you you take this experience that you've had as a strength and conditioning coach and being around tremendous coaches and players and and what you've learned throughout it all, uh, and you put together a book. It's called Built for Winning. And I want to talk about first off the verse from the Bible that you use as kind of the foundation for this. And then we can talk about kind of what comes out of that uh, as the, the four, uh, what do you call it? The uh, four uh, building blocks, the four building blocks uh, for, for your kind of framework. So, uh, so tell us about the verse Luke two fifty two. Yeah. So basically uh, I think it was like 2003, I was asked to speak at a success symposium for the church I attended. It was all men. It was, it was, I think title, they, he, they, he created the mail. And so I'm going in there and I want to 
talk about physical fitness. And so as a coach, you always want to let the player know why they're doing something, how it's going to benefit them, and how it's going to benefit the team. So I went in there with the Bible verse of Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in stature, in wisdom, and in favor with God and man. So Jesus grew physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. So at that time, for that talk, I was using that scripture to say, hey, Hey guys, this physical thing over here, this thing is this thing is important for a well-balanced life. And so from that time on, that scripture has always been in the back of my mind. And so it's evolved that when I was coaching, you know, these players, these athletes have some tremendous attributes. And these attributes could be in any four of those categories, which really give them that edge. But then I also saw where some of these players, maybe they were lacking or they were hurting their performance because some of these attributes in these areas was was hindering them. And so that is how the book came out, because now I would start to then talk about this a little bit more and try to live within that in teaching and communicating with with people about that concept. And so that's that's how that concept was born out. So when you introduced me and you said Jeff's four areas, it's really it's really right. Jesus, it's really Jesus' four areas. It's scripture. Amen. I, I love it. Well no, that's a that's a wonderful uh, foundation for this. So physical, mental, social, spiritual and, and just to kind of give a, a quick overview for for our audience. So physical, you know, of course, fitness, rest, nutrition mental emotions and and wisdom uh social character relationships community love uh the spiritual side bible prayer church and and purpose um i i guess for us today i'd love to focus on the social and spiritual and, and encourage people to to check out the book and and, and can read the kind of the the rest of, of the of the the story and and the four building blocks but let's um we'll, we'll start with the spiritual as as the the most important of course and and as we talk about, you know, why, of course, this is such an important building block to uh, maximizing our life and enjoying all the potential that, that God uh, has given us. Um, for you, at what point did this building block and, and at what point did Jesus become the foundation of your life? So Jesus became the foundation of my life. And I, I think it was the 2000, 2000 year where um, it's kind of an interesting story for me in that uh, when I was at Northwestern University as an assistant strength coach, the head strength coach there, his name was Larry Lilger. He was a godly man, mm. led the FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes Studies. But at that time in my life, I was probably early to mid-20s. I, I, I had nothing to do with that, nothing to do with it. Mm. But then I go to the National Football League with the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm with grown men who are Christian men. And I start asking questions. I start watching. These are men I respected professionally. And so my heart started to turn. And I remember, uh, I remember Cadre Ismail. Mm. Uh, Cadre Ismail is a wide receiver uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. And he invited me to, to a non-denominational church. And I was born and raised Catholic. So me going to a non-denominational church was an experiment. I remember, I remember leaving there. I was like, holy cow, this is, this is, this is different, you know? And, and so, so, but what happened was that when I went to Baltimore as the head strength and conditioning coach, when I went to go look for churches for me and my wife, I went by myself because we had a newborn it brought me to a non-denominational church and I'm mm. in this non-denominational church and the pastor, he says the sinner's prayer and I'm like, Oh, okay, I'll, I'll say that. And my heart was ready. And wow. once I, once I said that and took it in my heart, I was changed and like, and, and it was real. And so it's, it's not a spectacular story, but for me, I can't even tell you the exact date because it just it, I did it and my heart was was ready and I was forever changed. And so for me, the being in the right culture, that's how I got to know Jesus. 
culture being the people around me. So I'm really big in culture and trying to create the environment to provide growth because uh, it may it may help some somebody else. And so I'll say this, you know, when I look back in my life, there's little phrases, for instance, Randall Cunningham, who was the quarterback with with the Minnesota Vikings. I mentioned his name earlier. He came on a team bus and he's dressed the nines. He's got a suit tie, look freaking sharp. He sits in front of me as he's sitting down. He goes, hey, Friday, I'm dressed for Jesus. And wow. and all these things, I think they you log these. So, so they mm-hmm. say there's 20,000 moments in a waking day. And our brain only registers the positive or the negative. The neutral doesn't, it doesn't register. And so there's all these moments that happen in our day that we can really capitalize. And so I look back on some of the moments like Randall Cunningham mentioned that, and they get logged somewhere. And so I think that all that, it all, it matters. It all matters. And so that's all part of how my heart turned. And so that's a, that's a story to answer your question about how I, how I got to know Jesus. Amen. Oh, I, I, I love that. And, and absolutely God's using all those little moments in, in our life to, uh, to draw us to him. And, um, and so that's, that's cool. Um, well, all right. So the, the spiritual side of course is, is one of these, these four building blocks and, and, you know, Bible prayer, church and, and, and purpose. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with that word purpose. And, and so what have you learned about that? And, and I think a lot of people are, are seeking purpose apart from Jesus. And so that's, it's a difficult thing to do because they go together. But um, what have you learned and what did you share in, in this book uh, in, in regards to purpose? So for a purpose, it's really known why, why you exist. That's really what purpose is. And so what I try to do in the book is you have four, really four concepts that were, are biblical. And all I'm trying to do for the reader is just define them. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard the term coach speak before. Um, coach speak, uh, there's buzzwords, and, and that's big in the coaching profession. So it might be, hey, make the shot. Uh, it could be, you know, there, there's one time where we had a player coming off the field, and one of the coaches was was yelling at him, get off the block, get off the block. And so <laughs> – those are like buzzwords and phrases. And so the coaching profession is, is full of that. So all I'm trying to do with the book is really define what that means. And so when I, when I say prayer or Bible or purpose or church, those are all vehicles to connect with God. And there's a story within each of those. And so purpose is really, you know, why, why do you exist? And really is your identity within Christ? And that's a problem that we have nowadays in, in sports is that, uh, you know, males have an identity problem. They put their identity in, in sexual conquests. They put their identity in money. They put their identity in, in sports and their ability. Females put their identity in their looks, uh, their figure. Um, does a man complete them? And so that identity, lack of identity, can lead to uh, a slips up, slip ups in character. And so I just think that if we can have our identity in Christ be more godly, then I think that's, that's the, will help us with our, with our purpose. That's right. Let him define our, our purpose. No, no question. Well, the, the other building block is, is social. And, and this is what I'm, I'm passionate about doing life with people, surrounding ourselves, like, like you said, with the right people, the, the right kind of co- community. Uh, how have you grown in, in your own faith be, because of that? Um, and, and what do you try to encourage uh, readers in, in this book in, in regards to evaluating and understanding, all right, the social, your, your social makeup matters? Yeah, so the social rever- refers to connection with people. And, uh, you know, for Jesus, that was really important, right? So Jesus had 12 dudes that, that followed him around, plus, plus. And so the relationship is very, very important. And so in the book, I just try to 
define what that is, how we can have healthy relationships. And uh, I think I think for me, it's just realizing that uh, through faith, other people are that gateway to faith as a vehicle, but it's really it's really God that that takes us there, but we can still uh, be a vehicle. And I just try to really help people understand how to, you know, decipher a little bit between grace and truth. How do you give the grace? How do you give the truth, which we need to hear? And how do you how do you just develop those relationships? And uh, I think for me, um, I think the relationships are important because if you look at like let's say leadership for for example, um, I think uh, we all can lead. We can all we all can be leaders. You don't have to walk out there uh, for the coin flip. Or, uh, or you know, for for you don't have to you don't have to do that. You can lead from anywhere in the organization as long as you have three basic elements. Uh, it's not how tall you are, how eloquent, how good looking. The first element is just be authentic, just be real. And if you look at Jesus, he was he was authentic. Um, in our profession, the coaching profession, um, you know, people will pony up to the next hottest candidate. People try to position themselves. Uh, and I've been there. I've been there, too. You know, and, and so the opposite of authentic is phony or fake. So just be real. Just be real in your own skin. The second is humility. So we have authenticity. We have humility. Humility is just uh, a heart to serve people. And so the opposite of humility is pride. And uh, so be authentic, be, have humility. It could just be listening to somebody, uh, you know, what they have to say about things. Uh, and pride is important because we have to remember that uh, Satan was cast out of heaven due to pride. So, so stay humble. And the third is courage, mm. courage to confront for what is right. Mm. So be authentic, uh, have humility, and have courage to do what's right. And, and for me, I've struggled uh, throughout my entire career on, on, on those. And, and, and it's a daily, it's a daily, uh, daily struggle. But I think uh, through faith um, uh, that has helped me to stay on track with at least those three things, which help develop relationships, relationships and help, help uh, develop people. Cultivate those. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's good, good stuff. And so again, the, the, the four building blocks, physical, mental, social, spiritual, and uh, and appreciate your your thoughts on the social and, and spiritual side of it, and and then just kind of pulling back a little bit, just on on the entire book and in, in, in reading uh, about it. Um, I, I'm curious. So so how how does the the book help people learn how to identify blind spots in their foundation and build meaningful growth? So I think that's that's part of your your heartbeat behind this. So so how does that kind of happen? So in the book, there's a story typically of an athlete that I've worked with. And then there's a story from my life. And then with each of those concepts, there's, there's a time to kind of reflect on, on your own life. So you become educated in these concepts. And once you become educated, um, the blind spot may be revealed. There's a term called scotoma. Scotoma, we all have it where you can only see, you only see a certain amount in your vision. We all have these spots that we don't see, and these spots could really be harming us. And so in the book, uh, that's what I do is I try to uh, take away that scotoma and allow you to see these other areas that may, may be hindering your performance. And I do want to say this. Um, that that scripture, Luke two fifty two, that was when Jesus was twelve years old. That's when it was written about him. Hmm. The next time there is anything else written about Jesus, he was thirty years old. Hmm. So there's eighteen years of growth, hmm. mentally, physically, socially, spiritually. And when we talk about Jesus' game day, it was not a sixty minute game day. It was a three year daily battle. And there's, there's in scripture, there's evidence of him drawing into each of those areas to get strength all the way up through the crucifixion. And so this is not Jeff Friday. This is what Jesus says about those areas. And it's real. And so if the most influential person on this planet grew in those areas, I would say that it's important for us to also grow in those areas. And it's also about, it's not about perfection. 
it's about progression, progressing in life and, and getting better in those, those areas so that you can live a life of maximum impact. Amen. And, and I love your approach to, to this book because we're, we're looking to Jesus as the example. So yeah, we want to grow, but, but there, there's so much out there that's, you know, just self-help type of stuff. And it's just, I just want to be great in my, in myself. No, 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 that's fine. That's part of the deal, but it's in light of who Jesus is working in us, transforming us and, and following his, his lead and example. And so, um, I, I appreciate yeah, the, just the, uh, the mindset behind this and the approach uh, to it. And, and, and also the book helps people maximize their potential and, and, and transform those uh, around us. And, and I guess kind of last thing, just along those lines, why don't people maximize their potential? What are, what are some of the biggest reasons for that? Well, the Bible says that not one heart is good. So we have an innate ability to compare ourselves um, to have identity issues um, all these things that can really tear us apart. And, and as, the, as the book says, in these areas, there's all these different forces working against us. And so I think that's a reason why we don't uh, maximize our potential, because we let all these obstacles uh, get, get in the way of where, of where God has intended us to grow. We all have we all have wonderful gifts. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, so we are built for winning. Mm. But now you have to get the win. Mm. You have to get in the wins in your life. What does that look like? Like I said earlier, have courage. So if I have an argument with my wife, when I go to work, I'm, I'm going to take that with me. Mm. And that's real. We could be lovey-dovey one minute and next minute, you know, she may say something to tick me off or I may say, and then, then we got to, we have to repair that relationship, yeah. mm. but that stays with us. Mm. And then when I, if, if that happens to me, I go to work and I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm at work, I'm doing this, but man, this is the back of my mind. And that's, that's what happens to athletes. And so, you know, when we talk about on and off the field, we talk about a line, a demarcation, there is no line. There is none. You take your stuff with you, whether you're on the field, in the office, at the dinner table. And we all have stuff. Mm. It's how do you resolve that? And that's what can inhibit performance. Because I was talking to our sports psychologist um, for one of the teams I worked with. And we're talking about a player who's a high draft pick who was really having inconsistent performance. And we just talked about, about his life and how had a child out of wedlock and was an alcoholic and all these things. And so basically when you go on a field, it's really hard to, to lock in and stay focused for 60 minutes or a three hour game. It really is. I mean, you know, this podcast, people may be drifting in and out or all that. So the reality, sometimes we go to all these things that are going on in our life Mm. and then that, that hinders us. Mm. And so again, we all got stuff. We all do, but how do you, how do you become aware of that? Mm. And then how do you resolve it? And so those four areas, those blocks I run, they're big nuggets. They're big nuggets. But the spiritual is the most important of them, right. most important. So how can we resolve our issues so that we can bear fruit mm. like we're intended to? Mm. Wow. That's a, that's a lot to, to unpack and, and uh, contemplate. So I know I, I love that. And, and that's what's so awesome about Jesus as he enters into our brokenness and, and heals those areas and, and, and is our foundation, we, we just have to rely and trust and um, continue to repent and turn to him, just turn to, to him and um, ask him to reveal those things in our lives that, that do need to be repaired. And we let go and give them to him and say, please heal and repair and uh, renew. And uh, thankfully, he's, he's willing to do that. Um, but yeah, all too often, we're just going down, we're going too fast and we're just going our own way and we're trying to figure things out in our own strength and our own limited understanding. Um, but he's there for us and 
and and wants us to yeah live a a winning life and sometimes we we get funny about what that what winning and it's the bigger house or whatever but winning life is man when we've got physical mental social spiritual that those are the building blocks of our life so i'm right there with you jeff i love this i'm putting it all together in my head hopefully that helps some listeners as well so any any final final thoughts as we uh we wrap up today no the the final thought is this it's real what i'm talking about it's real and um god gave me an opportunity to be in one of the biggest businesses in the world nfl huge business uh high achievers the best in the world at what they do coaches players and so all all i'm trying to do is just really share what i've seen that's all i'm trying to do i feel that god gave me that platform and i'm just trying to pay it forward um so that others can can learn um from from my experience Definitely. Well, Jeff, thanks you. Thank you so much for, for sharing on unpacking it today. Encourage everybody to check out the book. It's called Built for Winning. And you can go to the website built the number four winning.com. He's Jeff Friday. Jeff, great to connect with you. Thanks so much. And I know you're getting plugged in with athletes in action. And so we're excited about the ministry work uh, you're going to continue to do with them as well. And uh, we wish you wish you the best with that uh, also. So Thank you so much. He's Jeff Friday joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Great stuff. I love the idea of maximizing our potential and growing in the important areas of life. And, and when it's rooted in who Jesus is, I, I'm all for it. I want to grow in, in who I am and I want to be, you know, maxed out as far as the gifts that God's given me and the abilities. And I want to use them for his glory to impact people and to, you know, make the most out of this short life that we have, uh, and, and do everything in view of eternity. Um, so if we're just trying to get better for this little life now, like just for ourselves and selfish desires and self-help and it's like, come on, what are we doing? But when it, when it really is our life built on the foundation of Jesus, the foundation of God's word and recognizing that when we're in, you know, physical shape, we're, we're maximizing who we are physically we're, we're more effective for the kingdom mentally when it comes to emotions and our wisdom and understanding. Absolutely. Social, like we talked about on the show and spiritual, of course, Bible, prayer, church, understanding our purpose. It's all that stuff is fantastic. And, and really I'm, I'm in, I mean, these are four building blocks to, to winning in what matters most and making the most out of life. And you know, the, the light God has us here right now for a purpose, right? We're here, we're breathing. Our, our heart is beating. And, and so let's, let's live for him. And, and so I love this concept that he was talking about today uh, of recognizing, you know, where the, the weakness or the blind spots are uh, in our foundation. And, and so evaluating those things and, and then giving them to the Lord to say, all right, help me, strengthen me, repair me. And, and how do we take those steps to, to grow and mature and, and, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. Uh, but, but we, you know, we play a role in that, in our intentionality and desire to grow and having that heart for, you know, spiritual growth and taking, okay, God's given me this body, taking that seriously. He's given us a mind, take that seriously. He's put people in our lives. So let's invest in those people. And if we feel like we're isolated, if we feel like we're alone, then we need to step out of our comfort zone and ask God to bring people into our life. But we have to be Know, intentional and open to that um and you know whether it's at church saying all right time to time to join a life group um or a small group or if you've been listening to listening to unpacking it and you say you know what i want to get more plugged in with unpacking it take the step let's go let's get you plugged in we've got the unpacked lunch we got fancy football fellowship we got packs we got if you're in charlotte we've got events going on so uh you know socially is is key too it's with the right relationships christ-centered community 
um, really connecting in meaningful ways. Love the conversation with Jeff. It was cool to get another perspective on, you know, strength and conditioning and really the important role that it plays in the success of a team, in the success of an individual. How many great players have we seen enter sports and injuries derailed their careers? Some of them were fluke injuries. A strength and conditioning coach probably couldn't have, you know, nothing would have changed. The way they got hit, it happened. But for some of these guys that don't have the the great kind of practice regimen and off season kind of taking care of their body and, and all that, like they, they don't last long. So, you know, we know that Tom Brady has this whole process and he's got his own, I think he's got his own strength and conditioning coaches, but, um, but teams that really invest in it, it, it makes sense. It's, it's smart to do and get great people uh, involved in your franchises that, that can help the physical aspect of your team. Um, but then to know a guy like, you know, Jeff Friday, who, who cares <laughs> beyond only the physical as well, understanding the value for sure. And then understanding, of course, those, those other building blocks as well. So, uh, so great stuff. Uh, again, the website builtforwinning.com. And uh, he's going to be uh, actually entering into ministry as well. He's already been working with Athletes in Action, uh, another awesome ministry. Um, so excited to hear kind of how that, that works out for him and, and some of the next uh, ways that God's using Jeff uh, th- in this season of life after you know spending 21 years in the NFL and all the great connections and all that he's learned through that. Uh, thankful that he's sharing with us and was willing to write a book about it. So uh, pretty cool. But I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Would love to hear from you. Uh, always appreciate when you rate, when you review, when you share, when you subscribe, uh, pass the, the podcast along. Uh, also encourage you to check out our devotional that we send out Monday, Wednesday, Friday through email. Uh, you can subscribe on unpackingit.com slash subscribe. So uh, definitely check that out. We call it unpack this. Well, that's it for today, but I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin was resurrected and through faith i've been saved by his grace i hope that is true for you as well and i hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow jesus together have a great rest of your day we'll talk to you next time right here on the unpacking it podcast presented by metashare for more information about the show our events and other resources Visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.